Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of In Bloom Podcast. I'm Abby and I'm your host. I wanted to introduce, I went to introduce myself as Abby Aslan, but then I'm like, no, Abby Weinstein, but I just feel like that's so confusing to go back and forth and say the new last name that I have now, but I'm just going to say Abby, I think, from now on instead of including the last name too. But anyways, hope everyone is doing amazing. I'm recording this literally at 9.15 at night, the night before this podcast episode drops. I really do not like recording podcast episodes last minute, and I've had this one planned, but last week ended up being such a busy work week for me as a content creator, which I am so so thankful for that I've been busy but I truly just didn't really get the time especially because we had to go to a wedding on Thursday evening that was like an hour away I just haven't really had the time to sit down and record it and I also went out of town this past weekend my husband and I we went to Austin for the weekend and watched my brother's CrossFit competition that he was in it was his very first one so we went to support him and my parents were in town too in Austin so I didn't get to record it over the weekend and we got home today around noon but I have been working on editing a video getting groceries picked up meal planning for the week meal prepping for the week I guess I should say and have just been so busy because I have a video due for submission to a brand tomorrow morning and I had one due Friday as well so the one that I had Friday I was busy taking care of most of Friday and then didn't have time to really get that far along on the one that's due tomorrow on Monday. So I have been working on that all day and I'm going to have to work on it for probably another hour and a half once I finish this episode. So it's going to be a late night of work for me, but that's just the way the cookie's crumbling right now. Sometimes that's just how it is when you have tight turnarounds with brands and everything. And I am not complaining because I'd much rather be working late nights and weekends with something I love, like being a content creator, than with my big four job that I was working, because it's just crazy to think that that's what I would be doing this time of year if I was still in it. So anyways, this week we're going to be talking about five ways that I am taking better care of myself or planning to take better care of myself in 2024, especially coming off of a year where I find that I neglected myself in a lot of ways and really just over the last several years there's been common themes where I've seen myself neglecting myself whether that's emotionally mentally physically whatever I wanted to share the five focal points for myself that I'm focusing on to hopefully inspire you all to also put some intention behind taking better care of yourself this year and maybe it can get your brain going and you can think of ways that you can take better care of yourself or you can do the same ones I'm doing and I'm also going to share five journal prompts for you all that I think will help you get a better idea of how you can take better care of yourself and ultimately the act of writing out these five journal prompts I also think would just be beneficial when it comes to taking care of yourself I find it's a way that you can emotionally and mentally take care of yourself especially with the five prompts that I have for you all But before we get into the quote, goal, and gratitude, I just want to say if I sound a little weird, my allergies have been bothering me all weekend, and I I don't necessarily feel sick, but I just don't feel 100%, and I just feel like my, everything's a little like scratchy and itchy right now, like my eyes have been really dry and itchy, and 
my throat's been the same way, so apologies if I sound a little off in this episode. And I was kind of waiting all day to see if it sort of tapered off a little bit in terms of the scratchiness, and it never really did. So we're just going to have to deal with it. But my quote for this week's episode, it's on Pinterest, and I have no idea who did these, wrote these. Actually, yeah, I do. I just now saw it at the bottom of the picture. Well, it just says Stephen. So Stephen, wherever you are, thank you for this note app (laughs) quote that I'm going to be sharing today from Pinterest. And if you follow me on on Pinterest, it's on my words for thought Pinterest board. But it's really not a quote. It's more so just a bunch of lessons. And I just thought that when I read all of these, I thought they were very powerful. And I wanted to share them with you all because I thought they were really powerful and I also think that some of them just go hand in hand with taking better care of yourself at the end of the day so I just thought that it was on theme with this week's episode but anyways it says six comfortable uh, wait no not comfortable (laughs) starting over six uncomfortable lessons we all need to learn number one your self-love must be stronger than your desire to be loved number two You are always responsible for your emotional reactions. Number three, don't feed your problems with thoughts. Starve them with action. Number four, your life will be defined by your ability to handle uncertainty. Number five, if your goal is to have a healthier mind, start by removing all the junk from your diet. Number six, your best life won't seek validation, but insecurity will. I really, really loved the second well no not the second one I guess number number three four and six really resonated with me right now where with where I'm at which was the don't feed your problems with thoughts starve them with action your life will be defined by your ability to handle uncertainty and then your best life won't seek validation but insecurity will those were all just so powerful to me and in terms of taking care better care of yourself and taking care of yourself I think number one is super applicable to your self-love must be stronger than your desire to be loved. And I just think with last week when I was talking about kind of getting over self-sabotage and adopting a mindset to get yourself to stop settling, to stop self-sabotaging and all of that stuff, I think that don't feed your problems with thoughts, starve them with action is really applicable for all of that. And I think that we tend to just think our problems to death like we just think through them we think 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 and we overthink but we think that sub I feel like personally me when I'm giving attention to a problem in the form of thinking about it it's sort of creating this false comfort that I am tending to the problem because I'm thinking about it when in reality I'm not doing anything beneficial for myself by just dwelling on it and thinking about it if I start taking action related to that problem then I'm actually doing something but I almost give myself this false security of oh yeah I'm tending to this problem I'm taking care of this problem if I'm letting it just consume my thoughts and if I'm sitting there thinking and overthinking about it but at the end of the day you know don't keep feeding your problems by thinking about them starve the problems by taking action so that you can eliminate the problems And I also just really loved your life being defined by your ability to handle uncertainty. I think that's so true because if you just live your life, you know, very apprehensive about having any elements of uncertainty, 
chances are you're always going to stay in your comfort zone and the whole trajectory of your life could be completely different if you just learn to take baby steps outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And if you can't handle uncertainty, then you're always going to cling to what's familiar and comfortable and you're likely never really going to challenge yourself and get outside of your comfort zone. And then number six, the your best life won't seek validation, but insecurity will. Oh my God, that was like a slap in the face for me. And I think that I have spent so much of my life from young adult, late teenager to the adult I am now. I, the life that I've chased after and the goals that I've set for my life have so strongly been rooted in validation and I am now learning that that was because of insecurities I had and have and I was just wanting to be validated by other people in what I did with my career in what I did going to college what I studied all of that stuff and it's no way to live your life at the end of the day it's no way to try and live your life like you're not going to live your best life by seeking validation and seeking out the opinions of other people and taking them too heavily into consideration I always like to say you know yes it's important to take how the decisions you make impact the people who are around you and close to you in your life it's important to take those into consideration into an ex- in, to an extent but more so, that's just about how it impacts those people rather than what their opinions are of what you're doing. Um, and insecurity is totally going to constantly seek validation because you will never be happy with what you're doing for yourself if you're, you know, insecure and if there's other reasons that you're going after things and if you're always seeking validation from external sources you know, that really is just a true testament to not being secure. And at the end of the day, if you're constantly seeking that validation, it's, you know, you're not really living for yourself and what you want for yourself at the end of the day, because everything's about how other people are approving of, disapproving of, perceiving you instead. So that is a quote for this week. I know it was a lot. I'm sorry, but I just really wanted to share it because I thought it was very, very thought-provoking and powerful and my goal for this week is to just figure out my work schedule and working hours with being self-employed right now as a content creator I really need to be getting myself to bed earlier and I have this past week I just I don't want to say I did a bad job of it because I honestly was just doing the best I could but the best I could wasn't the best job I guess you could say overall but I just had a lot of like really quick turnaround things last week. I don't really know why I have, I've had like in the last week, I've had three things that had extremely tight turnarounds come up and you know, I can totally say no to those things, but when they're with brands that I like actually use and love and that kind of thing, I'm like, okay, no, I'm obviously going to want to work with them because if it's organically fitting with my content as is, course I'm going to do it um and if it's with a brand I love and have and use of course I'm going to do it and I just maybe said yes to a little bit I don't even want to say I said yes to a little bit too much because I'm able to do it it's just the timing of it was very odd because that doesn't normally happen where like you have more than one thing with a tight turnaround at once and it just happened to be like tight turnaround week for me so as a result I had like several 
you know, days last week where I was spending all day filming and editing, but then I had to, you know, end up staying up later at night to finish editing to get something submitted in time the next day. And a lot of the timeline of how I edit and when I edit and everything is impacted by when things have to be submitted because my computer can only hold, you know, one, like my computer itself with no external hard drive with editing and 4K for footage. I can only edit like one video on my computer at a time. If I have my external hard drive, I depending on the length of the video, if it's like a 30 plus minute video, I can only do like one, two videos maybe on my external hard drive editing. And then if they're shorter, I can typically do, you know, probably two videos for sure for editing at one time on my computer. So if you're thinking about me now uploading two videos a week, that means I'm, I kind of always have two videos in the process of being edited on my computer. And when brands like are having, you know, back-to-back turnarounds for me where it's like I have to submit something on Monday, submit something on Wednesday, submit something on Friday, I'm not, I can't delete the videos from my editing app until I get that approval just because I would hate to delete everything like I would still have all the raw footage but I'd hate to delete the projects within my editing app and have to like completely re-edit the video if I needed to like change the video drastically which doesn't usually happen usually it's just adding a little something in or deleting a small something but for whatever reason I just you know I like to play it safe and I don't ever delete anything until it is like live and published so with that being said it puts me in this position where I have to edit at weird times, sometimes like really late at night or in the morning because of when the brand approves. Like if the brand approves at like 5 p.m. on a Tuesday and I have a different video due the next morning, I have to finish, pretty much finish editing that video that night because I can't finish it the next day since things take time to export and upload and everything. And if you do all your exporting and uploading in one day, it usually takes like a whole half day at least on my with my wi-fi on all my end but anyways enough rambling about that I just really need to get myself on a better work schedule with everything and I had like a lot of errands to run last week with like returns from like the wedding and stuff and a lot of that you know took up time during the day so I I know that that's also why I was having to you know edit in odd hours but I'm really trying to keep myself to like a nine to five nine to six schedule for the most part, just because I want it to be, you know, kind of in line with my husband so that we can spend time together after he's done with work and everything like that. And I'm really good in the mornings. It's just the evenings I usually end up doing more work and I'm trying to not be that way um, because those this is a situation where I just need to set those boundaries with myself. But I also just want to be giving myself more time to read because I completely have not read since my I was on my honeymoon, which is crazy because I've been home for two weeks now. And I haven't even read it all, but I've just been so busy with other stuff, but I'm very thankful for it. But I want to give myself that time to unwind at night because I know I just sleep so, so much better when I am able to truly unwind before bed and read and I'm not having to like do what I'm doing right now and record a podcast episode and then edit a video and try and fall asleep right after like doing all that simulating stuff. But anyways, I digress. I just need my goal this week is to just do be better about the whole nine to five situation and to the extent that I can at least and my gratitude this week I'm just really thankful that I got to spend time with my family this weekend 
and the fact that I'm able to even do so this time of year I had like a moment I was literally using the bathroom in Terry Black's barbecue which oh my gosh is so amazing went there for the first time in Austin this weekend and it was absolutely unreal best barbecue I've literally ever had and the sides and everything too so good but I had this moment I was literally peeing and I like thought to myself I was like this is so nice that I'm able to you know just kind of take a last minute weekend trip to Austin and see my family because I would not have been able to do this this time last year on the weekend because this towards the end of January I was always working on provisions and I literally would always have to work on Saturdays and sometimes Sundays with that and with that being said you know like I couldn't this time last year with my big four job I wouldn't have been able to just be like oh yeah I'm gonna go to Austin you know Friday evening after work and then come back Sunday like I wouldn't have been able to do that or if I did I would have had to work while I was doing it and it I'm just I can't express enough gratitude for just being able to like actually just go do something on the weekend at this time of year because I wasn't really able to do that the last two years and even when I was able to do it like say I didn't have any work that I knew of like on Friday at the end of the day I was you know for over half of the year I'm like living in fight or flight because I'm unsure of if something's going to come in over the weekend the entire weekend so I could never truly be present and relaxed on the weekends anytime it was anywhere around busy season or during busy season because I always had this you know crippling anxiety that something was going to come in and I'd have to like drop everything and take care of it over the weekend so it's just it feels really good to just not have that feeling anymore but let's go ahead and get into the five ways that I'm planning on taking better care of myself this year in 2024. So the very first thing is to shamelessly embrace my hobbies. And I know that I've talked a lot about, so I don't want this to be redundant. I've talked a lot about diving into hobby exploration in 2024. And that's because I'm really looking to just connect with myself more and slow down and I truly think that making time for non-productive hobbies is a fabulous way to do that so I know I've mentioned the I think it's the Bobby Goods coloring books I don't know if that's the actual name of it or not I got a doodle planner slash journal that I've been using so that's been like coloring and slowing me down some playing cozy games all that good stuff lots of different things you can do for your hobbies but Embracing them feels so hard when you've been somebody that hasn't really given yourself time to explore hobbies. And I struggle with this because it's as a content creator, I feel as though I need to always share what I'm interested in, share what I'm doing, but I'm also trying to just remember there are some things that I can just do and keep to myself. Like I don't have to share literally every little aspect with everybody, but if it's something that I enjoy doing and it makes me happy, why would I suppress myself from sharing that with people at the same time? So I kind of struggle with that because it's kind of conflicting feelings there. But it's funny because like doing these hobbies, the thought of doing them totally doesn't feel embarrassing. I love the thought of it. I'm like, yeah, let's dive into it. Don't care what anybody thinks, whatever. Posting about them though, for some reason feels embarrassing. Like sometimes I get secondhand embarrassment if I'm posting about the fact that I'm like, coloring in a adult like coloring book or doodle journal or playing animal crossing or something as a 25 year old because it just feels wrong almost but I think it's just because 
it's something that I haven't really like ever done before, or at least uh, I've done it. Okay, hold on. Backpedal. I've done it before, but I haven't done it since I was a child. So posting about it feels almost, I, it just almost feels embarrassing and childish because it's something that I haven't done since then. But I'm like, one, why do I care what people think if it's something that is making me happy and is something that I'm enjoying investing my time in because it's benefiting me mentally and emotionally, physically, whatever. So I really want to take better care of myself by investing in those hobbies, but also just shamelessly embracing them. You know, if I want to post about my Animal Crossing Island, I freaking do it. If I want to post about my doodle journal spread for this month, I'll do it. You know, everybody has different hobbies and I think the worst type of people in the entire world are the people who, you know, ruin someone's happiness by, you know, making fun of or judging something that makes someone happy. I can remember several instances when I was in like high school of feeling judged for something I was interested in and something I liked. And I just remember like having this strong dislike for the people who made me feel that way at times because it's just like who do you think you are to like put somebody down because of something they enjoy doing when it comes to their hobbies it's I just I can't get behind it and it seriously is just heartbreaking to me that people do that so that's the first thing second thing is not settling and I think that one of the quickest paths to self-sabotage and to overall just not taking good care of yourself is settling. When you settle in your life, when you settle with a career, with a job, with friendships, with a relationship, with when you're just settling with yourself in your day-to-day life, I just think that you are accepting mediocre and you're, or maybe even less than in some situations, and you're not allowing great things for yourself, which I know I talked a lot about last week. And when I really reflect on the last like five to 10 years of my life, I think one of the most common themes I can see is that there have been so many instances where I've settled. And in those instances that I've settled, it's usually been because I, you know, maybe have identified something that I really want for myself that I really want to do or that I really want to go after a goal or maybe it's just something I'm really interested in and there have been times where I have gone after those things but there's also been times where I haven't and I've just settled with not following through with going after those things basically and just settled with them being nothing more than a thought or an idea in my head And all of those times that I've settled on those things, I have been left with feeling regret that I didn't try those things out. And I have felt that I didn't do myself a favor in any way, shape, or form, and that I really wasn't taking good care of myself because I was prioritizing other people's opinions or I was doing things for validation, kind of like what I was talking about in the quote rather than doing things for myself because I just chose to settle. And I think that when you are relying on validation, like external validation, you're settling. And I think a lot of us don't really realize that, but typically what happens is, you know, 
say you really want to go after something, but it's scary, it's uncomfortable, maybe it's viewed as abnormal and you are scared to go after it and you are kind of searching, when you start searching externally for validation to do that thing, you know, you could just look internally and find that validation within yourself and validate your desire to do that thing and then go after it. But instead, what ends up happening a lot of times is we search externally, you know, we present our ideas or our thoughts or the things we want to do to friends, to family, to people that we value the opinions or who we value the opinions of. And we search for that external validation. And then when we don't get it, we settle with not going after that thing. And I just think that breaking that cycle of like constantly like using external validation as your sort of green light to go after things, breaking that cycle is like really hard. And remembering that you can truly like look internally and validate those desires yourself and you know use your own internal validation as your green light to go after things that is when you will really stop settling and you'll like really start going after those things that you want and it's like a hard definitely a hard thing to do and like actually practice like trust me this is not something I'm master that's why I'm saying it's something I'm doing to take better care of myself but overall I just feel like I settled and in the sense that you know I didn't have good boundaries in my corporate job and as a result I just kind of settled with being you know kind of taken advantage of in ways in terms when it came to like my time and my schedule and everything and that will happen to literally anybody anywhere in any field if you don't set boundaries I'm not just harping on my job or my firm or big four counting I'm saying that can happen to literally anybody if you don't set boundaries And I, you know, at any point this year, if I'm, you know, interviewing for another job and I'm going after another position, I don't want to settle. Like I really want to take my time and be super intentional with it. And I think that not settling is such a great way to take care of yourself because it's sort of telling yourself in a way when you don't settle, you're like, no, like I know I deserve, you know, way up here. And I'm not going to accept anything below that. So as a result, you know, you're only allowing what you know is truly going to help you at the end of the day. And that's what I want more of. I want less of me being like, oh, this is better than nothing. And, you know, just kind of settling with the bare minimum. I don't, I don't want to be doing that because I find that once you settle, that's when all the like, what if thoughts come in and then you start having those mental and emotional battles where you're just like, what if I would be doing something else if I wouldn't have settled for this? And, you know, you can just allow yourself and grant yourself access to so much better the second that you decide that you're going to stop settling. I, you know, think that you can even apply this on like such a personal, intimate level with yourself. You know, I'm not going to settle for only going for my goals halfway. You know, like I'm going to go all in on myself this year for the workout routine that I want to implement into my life. You know, I'm not going to settle with just only going when I feel like it. I'm going to go even on the days that I don't feel like it because that's where, you know, the true discipline is built. And for me, for myself, I'm not settling when it comes to, you know, my, this, this interim period in my career where I'm testing out being a content creator for the first time, you know, like I am going all in on myself right now and I'm not 
halfway doing anything. You know, I am giving my 110% because I have never been able to do that before when it, with content creation in the last, you know, seven, eight years that I've been doing this. And I want to give myself that chance. And if I were to just jump into another corporate job for the sake of being able to say like, oh, I, you know, am working another corporate job and, you know, I'm trying something else out in the corporate world. Or if I was just sort of, I guess you could say if I was settling, cause I would be settling if I just like took the first thing that I got and wasn't really intentional in the search. And I just kind of jumped into something else really quickly. I would be settling and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be giving myself that opportunity to go hundred in on myself 110%. And, you know, even if I, wasn't getting a job right away if I was just going like putting my 50% into YouTube and content creating right now that would be settling because I wouldn't be putting in my maximum effort into something that I like care about a lot and I just don't want to settle in this regard because I really want to see what I can do for myself and like what happens when I really am able to give my all to content creating basically and also just not settling when it comes to the time that I'm, you know, spending with myself, the time that I'm spending with others when it comes to just being intentional with my time. Like I don't want to just be very passive in my interactions with my husband. Like I want us to be very intentional in our time together as much as we can and not settling for just, you know, the, I know that there's, there's an inevitability to having the routine of, you know, like, Hey, waking up and saying, have a good day, going to work and then coming home, both of us are tired. And, you know, we just talk about our day a little bit and then, you know, do our own thing or whatever. There's, that's inevitable to an extent, but I think that you can say, you know what, I'm not going to settle and I'm really going to like go above and beyond as much as I can to show up for my partner. And I think that that's a great way that you can really improve and benefit your own and your partner's emotional and mental health in doing that. So when I say not settling, I seriously just mean across the board. Same thing with like friendships too and making friends. And I know I've talked a lot about wanting to get out of my comfort zone and branch out a lot when it comes to my social life in 2024. And I don't want to settle in the sense that, you know, I have this tendency to just sort of think that everyone has to be not has to be, but I, I almost want everyone to be my best friend. Like I meet somebody and I'm not the type of person that like evaluates whether something is beneficial for me or not when I'm, you know, making friends and everything. I just kind of always have this, the way I approach friendships is almost with this perspective of like, oh, this person like has to be my friend and this has to work out and this has to turn into like a amazing, an amazing friendship. But that has turned into like me getting hurt by friends at times that's turned into you know just friendships that just haven't really worked because I'm like trying to force something that really isn't there or really isn't I I really hate really I hate 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 saying isn't serving me at the end of the day because I think so many people take this way too far so many people view friendships as like very transactional and they're like if it's not you know if it's not serving you, then walk away from it. And I just don't think that that's necessarily the best mindset to have when it comes to like friendships or relationships. And I just see that like blown up all over the internet all the time. And if that is like consistently the case with somebody, then like, yes, that's probably true. And you probably do just need to like 
let it go and walk away from it. But I feel like it's just such a immature look and way to approach friendships. And I think that a lot of times it's a lot more complex than that. But at the end of the day, I don't want to settle, you know, with the bare minimum. I really want to put effort into friendships and I don't want to settle with receiving the bare minimum at the end of the day either when it comes from comes to friendships because at that point you know there's there's friends that I there's people that I could be meeting and really developing a great friendship with and I don't if it's something that I'm consistently you know maybe not getting a lot from then maybe I do need to evaluate okay like why is this not working is that something that warrants a conversation is that something that needs to be I don't know examined a little bit further sure but I'm never going to be the type to just be like if it's not serving you, walk away from it. Because that's just not my personal philosophy. But ultimately, just, I don't know. I, I don't really, that's the first time I've tried to articulate the way I sort of approach new friendships in my life. And that was like a very, I don't know, roundabout way of basically saying that I think that everybody I meet has to basically become like, we have to become besties. And I don't know why I'm that way. But I just like, really like to connect with people on like an intimate, emotional level. And... I always am after that, I guess, when I'm meeting people. So that's just, I don't know. Some people I think are a lot better at just like having more of acquaintance type friendships. And some people are better at understanding that like not everyone's going to be a good fit for them when it comes to a close friendship. Whereas I'm somebody that almost expects every interaction I have to turn into a I don't want to say every interaction because that sounds a little intense, but basically any time I'm meeting someone expecting it to turn into, you know, a strong, deep friendship when, you know, that's not always going to be the case. You know, people grow and outgrow one another and I know that that's part of life. So I need to be better about understanding that I don't have to force things that, don't work if it's if I meet somebody and it like doesn't work or if there's you know friendships that I do have then they're just not working then whatever but ultimately not settling and I'm not like dealing with any of that now I'm just more so forward thinking when it comes to my friendships that I'm looking to I don't know when I'm looking to get more out of my comfort zone when it comes to my social life in 2024 I'm trying to keep those things in mind just reminding myself not everybody is going to be my bestie and that's okay and I can be very intentional with who I choose to spend my time with and I don't need to settle when it comes to that so and like I said that's across the board that's me spending time with myself and like how I'm investing in myself and with my husband with friendships with workouts goals whatever the case may be not settling is the theme there and number three is tidying up every night before bed I've actually been really good about this the last week. So I know I talked about in previous episodes how our house was just like an utter disaster after the wedding and honeymoon and it stayed that way for like a week just because we didn't really have time to pick things up. But once we got everything picked up for the most part, which we still need to do like a good thorough deep clean and everything and our bedroom still needs some help right now. But for the most part, like last week, I do feel like I did a really good job of picking up before bed and just giving myself 10 minutes to you know close the kitchen out really wipe everything down and get it set in 
cleared for the most part for the next morning and straighten up the throw pillows on the couch and fold the blanket back up and set the office back up to being a little bit tidy because I hate when I walk into my office to like edit in the morning and my desk is a mess and I hated this when I was working my corporate job from home too. I, it just started my day off on the wrong note overall, like completely when I would walk into my office and everything was, you know, all out of whack. So I really think that if you can take that five minutes even, but 10 minutes, 15 minutes, even better, but five minutes even would probably be enough for a lot of people, especially for somebody who is like living in an apartment, living by yourself, and you're really only picking up your stuff because my husband and I we just kind of pick up after each other when we do if you know what I mean so if you can take that time it is such an underrated source of gaining motivation in the morning and I think that if you can reframe your thinking with cleaning up and tidying up to kind of shine light on the mindset of oh me doing this is going to be motivating for me tomorrow morning because I'm going to be waking up to a clean space. I'm going to be walking into a clean kitchen, whatever it may be. I just feel so much more productive and I feel like I get after things and start my day a lot more strongly and a lot more quickly when things are tidied up and cleaned up and everything. Whereas when things are a mess, I feel like I'm a lot slower in my morning and I'm a lot slower to start my day just because I feel like my brain feels like it's all over the place because my environment's the same way. So ultimately just a very underrated source of gaining motivation in the morning so if you can think of it think of tidying up as a way to sort of take care of your future self in the morning and get your day started on a better note and really just clear up a lot of that physical clutter that will also clear up the mental clutter it can do wonders for you mentally so number four is to celebrate myself and my wins and I've just always had a almost a never satisfied type of approach which like makes my skin kind of crawl to admit and say out loud but when it comes to like my goals and my accomplishments that I've had in life I truly feel like it's just been this almost never satisfied type of mentality and it wasn't one that I intentionally adopted it's sort of something that just kind of I think accidentally happened where I just never I would always be so quick to move on to the next big goal or the next big milestone and I would never really sit in my accomplishments and like soak them up and reflect on them and I think that you can seriously just squeeze so much good valuable lessons or so many good and valuable lessons out of your wins like once you accomplish something if you like just sit down for a minute and celebrate that win and then sit down and reflect and ask yourself okay now that I achieved this and I went after this you know what were some core moments of that process of me going after this what were some things that I learned along the way you know how do I feel like achieving this has made me better and there's just so many questions you could ask yourself where you could really just derive a lot from those wins or a lot more from them and I'm totally the type of person that's like go 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 get after it get after it achieve the goal and then it's like yay got it and then you know you just kind of like move on to the next one and I just never really did a good job of celebrating myself and my wins and I think that 
the more you can intentionally celebrate yourself and your wins and really, you know, sit and reflect on them, whether that's through journaling, whether that's through meditating, whether that's through having conversations with people in your life, you know, whether that's a best friend or a significant other or a therapist about those wins. I think that if you can take the time to really sit in them, you can just get so much more out of them. And as a result, you're taking better care of yourself because you're learning more about yourself and how, you know, you went about things during that process as you were going after whatever the thing was. And you're also able to build confidence because you're taking the time. You can build so much more confidence if you truly sit in and celebrate your wins because I find that you're just not really, when you're never really satisfied with anything you do, you know, you're not really ever building confidence when you achieve those goals. Or if you are, it's fleeting confidence because you're only allowing yourself to feel confident when you achieve those things. Whereas I think if you sit down and really sit in your accomplishments, celebrate those wins, no matter how big or small they are, you're building more of a sustainable confidence in a way because you're acknowledging the fact that you achieve something or that you got something and that acknowledgement does so much for your confidence and it isn't going to be the only the little drop of confidence that you get from the moment that goal is achieved or that win is made you know what I mean because you you always get that little almost adrenaline rush type of confidence when you would win a game in high school when you're playing a sport or when you would pass a test in college with or in some kind of entry level or entrance exam to your field or something you know it gives you this drop of confidence that you feel in the moment when you find out that you won or that you passed or that you succeeded and if you don't really celebrate your wins you only feel that confidence for that moment and it's fleeting and Granted, you know, you do build up a little bit of confidence each time you do achieve something and everything, but I truly think that there's so much more that you can build. And as a result, that's taking better care of yourself and taking that time to really acknowledge your accomplishments and everything is just a really great way to build a more sustainable confidence because you'll really sit down and acknowledge like, well, like, you know, I set my mind to this, I achieved it and now you just you just have confidence on such a different level because instead of it being results-based with when you achieve those things, you're starting to tie that confidence to the process behind each of those achievements. And you will build confidence each time you are engaging in one of those processes that like are part of a goal. So, you know, if you sit down, you really celebrate your wins, you're like, okay, I really took the time to you know, wake up early in the morning so I could train for my half marathon. And I, when you're sitting there and acknowledging that, like, okay, I woke up every morning for however long and I went on my runs and I stuck to the schedule and I did it even when I didn't feel like it. You're acknowledging the difficult things you went through and like the whole process of, of what was behind that goal. And when you're acknowledging all that process, it's, giving you confidence to do it again in a different capacity. So now, you know, maybe your next goal is to run a full marathon. And then now it's like, okay, now that I've acknowledged that I successfully completed a half marathon and I successfully trained for it and I sat there and really celebrated it, I'm able to say, 
you know what, I have so much confidence because I know that I was able to go through that whole process before and I know I can do it again just, you know, with a different goal. Whereas if you're just, you know, like half marathon, check, full marathon, check, you know, and just never really celebrating the wins, I just don't think you get as, it's just, you don't get as intense and intimate and I don't know, the, the level of confidence just it's so much more surface level, I feel like, where you can really get like a true inner confidence from celebrating yourself and your wins more often, if that makes sense. And I just think that being a fan of yourself is so important and it just does wonders for your mental and emotional health. You know, you can, you have two options at the end of the day, you know, say you're wanting to be a content creator and you're wanting to post about your whatever it is I don't know one of your side hustles or your hobbies or something and you have two options you can either like totally own it and be your biggest fan or you can do it and kind of just not really celebrate yourself and almost judge yourself in a way and always have a sort of negative outlook on yourself and I don't know I think people can see through whether or not you're like a fan of yourself and I think that it seriously from the from a content creator themselves like I truly think that when you are your own biggest fan and you just kind of kind of like I was saying with the shameless shamelessly embracing hobbies it's almost like a shameless confidence that you have to have and you kind of just have to be like okay if I'm not my biggest fan why like if you're not your own biggest fan why would anyone else want to be a fan of you you know what I mean because at the end of the day especially when it comes to like social media like you're kind of selling yourself in a way in a like because your personality is your entire image at the end of the day and if you're not a big fan of yourself you know you're not going to be convincing anybody else to be a fan of you if you can't even be a fan of yourself and that can be translated across the board whether you're in content creating in your career you got to believe in yourself and your job and in your career because if you don't like why why would your boss believe in you if you can't even believe in yourself and why would your mentor believe in you if you don't, you know, have that faith in yourself and be a fan of yourself at the end of the day? And I just think that you can take yourself so much farther. And even if you have to fake it, because trust me, y'all, like there are times that I'm posting content and maybe I'm like getting out of my comfort zone and I'm doing something a little bit different and it feels so uncomfortable and it's really hard for me to be a fan of myself in those moments. But each time that I tr- choose to just follow through with it and post it and not let myself be phased by that external validation that I know I subconsciously want to go after and not be phased by other people's opinions. I seriously just grow so much in those moments because each time I do that without, you know, trying to get validation externally and each time I do that and just shamelessly do it and am truly the biggest fan of myself in that regard, I truly see payoff from it because I just get more and more comfortable doing the uncomfortable. And like I said a second ago, it translates to everything and that can be true across the board in your job and your career. You know, the more that you do those things that may feel a little bit uncomfortable, you're really just being your biggest fan in those moments and believing in yourself. And I had to be that way with my corporate job too. Like there were times when I would have to you know for example if I had to set up like a work paper for the first time and I didn't have like a prior example to follow oh my gosh that's like your worst nightmare as a new staff is not having prior year to follow and having to set up something totally on your own 
is scary. And in those moments, I just had to, you know, kind of believe in myself and be like, you know what, I've got to just really fake this confidence and I've got to have a lot of faith in myself in this moment and believe in myself and be a fan of myself and really just do the best I can do and, you know, believe in it at the end of the day. And I just found that the times where I approached tasks with that mindset as opposed to, oh gosh, I don't really feel good enough to do this. I don't feel qualified enough to do this. Those thoughts would just eat away at my mind. And I, all of a sudden, because of those thoughts, they would almost paralyze my ability to act. And then I wouldn't have any capacity to get those things done and take action on those things because I was letting those negative thoughts, you know, really get to me and really hinder my ability to follow through and take action. So when you're a fan of yourself, it kind of builds up some confidence for you to take action, even in those moments where you are uncertain and you are uncomfortable. And at the end of the day, like that's very, very valuable because that turns into, you know, building more confidence as you follow through and do those things that are scary and that aren't comfortable. And the fifth thing is to get back to the self-care basics. This one's a little bit surface level, but I, I swear, has anybody else, do y'all just feel like y'all really, I don't know, steered away from the basics when it comes to self-care? Because I know I have. I don't know about y'all, but especially in the last year, I mean, I've like gotten my nails done consistently and whatever, but little things such as like that I used to do, such as like romanticizing my shower time and freaking doing face masks, like literally the smallest things, um, putting on lotion after the shower. I just like stopped doing a lot of those things in the last like year or two. And I think it was just because I got lazy when it came to taking care of myself outside of, you know, obviously showering and washing my hair, shaving my legs and the things that I kind of like have to do on a very regular basis, obviously brushing my teeth, flossing, all that good stuff, doing my skincare. I'm always good about those things. You know, like I will at minimum be doing those things. But I just like, I used to like be so good about like really putting on lotion everywhere after my showers and playing music while I was in the shower and like creating like a nice ambiance while I was in the shower and doing face masks and just all these different little self-care things and all of those extra ones, self-tanning even, just things like that, truly just neglected um, over the last, you know, year or two and one of my friends texted me the other day. She was like, I started putting on like body oil and lotion after the shower for the first time in a while. And I just feel like a completely brand new woman. And it was so funny that she had texted me that because literally like that same day I had like just started being like, okay, I'm going to be diligent about like actually putting lotion on my body after I shower because I just noticed my skin looked so lifeless and dry. And I was like, I need to be back in the habit of putting lotion on after all of my showers because I used to be so good about it and then it hit me I was like I really feel like I've neglected a lot of like self-care related things um over the last two years that I used to just do a lot so I want to get back to the self-care basics because I think that's a great way to take care of yourself it's like very low effort it's not a lot of time commitment at the end of the day and it's a lot of times it's things that you'll kind of be doing anyways like you're going to be showering anyways so you might as well romanticize your shower time put on a playlist that matches your mood turn on a little salt lamp if you have one or like dim your lights, just turn on a little lamp instead of the overhead lighting, shave your legs, 
have, you know, your favorite towel ready for you and your favorite pajamas afterwards, all that good stuff. And I really think getting back to the self-care basics can do wonders. And even just, you know, giving yourself time to read before bed is a great example of self-care as well that I feel like I have not been focusing on for the last couple months. And obviously, you know, with having the wedding, that was a given, but I want to get back to it. You know what I mean? And now getting into the five journal prompts that I have for you all. So these, I think, like I said, are beneficial for really just taking better care of yourself mentally and emotionally. And the very first one is what are you doing when you feel most connected to yourself? I know this is like a very common journal prompt question, but I like specifically kind of piece these together because I feel like they all go together really well. And you may hear this also asked as, you know, what are you doing when you feel most alive? But I think really sitting down and reflecting and asking yourself, you know, what moments do I feel most connected to my core values, my core desires when I feel in alignment with myself and I don't feel, you know, like this internal tug of war. Ask yourself, you know, okay, when are those moments? Like, what am I doing in those moments? And identifying what you're doing in those moments is really helpful because once you identify what those things are that you're doing in those moments that you feel most connected to yourself, you can make an action plan to integrate doing those things more often and make more time for those things because it's really good to, you know, feel in alignment with yourself and feel connected with yourself. The second one is what are some common themes in some of your favorite moments recently? When did you experience joy or truly feel happy recently? So those kind of go hand in hand, but I think that if you can reflect on the last week or month, year, even if you want to, if you want to look at this on more of like an annual basis, think of some of your favorite moments that you've had recently, whether it was just really feeling overjoyed, really happy, really at peace, whatever those favorite moments looked like emotionally. What are some common themes in each of those moments? You know, what were some things that maybe you did those days that you know you did for sure and then, you know, ended up having one of your favorite moments? And if you're able to identify those common themes that stay consistent across, it doesn't even have to be all of the favorite moments, but across a lot of them, it can be really helpful for you to identify the things that are really working for you in your life. And then, you know, you can really sit down and say, okay, I'm going to really be good about making time to do these things because it tends to have a domino effect and lead to me having some of my favorite moments when I am doing this certain thing or when I'm approaching the day with a certain mindset, whatever it may be. Just figure out what those common themes are so that you can really focus on integrating them more often so that you can hopefully have more of your favorite days. And number three is kind of the flip side of that. What are some common themes in some of your worst days recently? So I think that this is just as beneficial as looking at the common themes in some of your best days and some of your favorite moments because truly learning what isn't right for you is just as valuable as learning what is right for you. I know so many of us are on in pursuit of and on the quest of finding what is right for us, whether it's, you know, the right partner, the right group of friends, the right job, the right city to live in, the right career to go for, the right major to choose to study in college. We're going after the right things, but we often forget that along the way, we are going to do things that we learn are not right for us. 
And those are just as valuable because learning what's wrong for you is just as valuable as learning what's right for you. Because at the end of the day, it's crossing something off the list and allowing you to really narrow down your choices and narrow down your options at the end of the day because crossing something off is just as valuable as circling something. So what are some common themes in some of your worst days recently? So you can identify those things that tend to be recurring when it comes to you having a not so great day. And I think that a great way to sort of figure this out if you're having a difficult time pinpointing days that you've had favorite moments or days that you've had bad days If you can keep some sort of journal of your mood tracker, I have a mood tracker in my Amanda Rachely doodle journal that I have and it's really helpful for me to kind of see at the end of the month because I'm like, you know, it's end of January right now and I'm able to see what days I didn't have the best moods and what days I did have good moods. The days I did have good moods, pretty much my entire honeymoon, of course. And then, you know, some of the days that I have had some not so great days, it's been the days that I you know, didn't do my morning workout and I had a very slow start to my day and then ended up feeling really stressed out because I started my day later than usual and felt like I got behind or the days that I, you know, wasn't very intentional with my husband, for example, or maybe it's a day that I just was not feeling 100% because I went to bed really late the night before and didn't get a lot of sleep. So figure out what those common themes are in some of your worst days so you can do your best to eliminate instances of those common themes happening again in the future so that you can hopefully have more good days at the end of the day and the fourth one is what things feel inspiring to me right now I always love doing like inspiration little dumps sometimes I just do them in my notes on my phone but I just get the way the way my personality is I get like very fixated on certain things with especially when it comes to inspiration and I will just get so inspired by something and I think that inspiration is a beautiful thing because it's such a great way for you to source motivation and really find a way to like get yourself excited to do something and go after something so putting pen to paper or you know thumbs to phone (laughs) however you're doing this right now or when you're doing this asking yourself what things feel inspiring to you right now is so so beneficial because you can use those then as catalysts for change and catalysts to take action because inspiration is motivation and it can be so so helpful to be like okay this is what I feel so inspired by right now like seeing this other content creator do something or attaining this I don't know this license that I need to get for my career going after that feels really inspiring so you know, if you can jot those things down and like really focus on them, it can just really sort of create this whole new sense of motivation if you're feeling inspired by something. And it can be really great to help you to take action on the things that you want to go after. Um, And really just knowing what feels inspiring to you is really great for taking care of yourself too, because I find that when you lean into the things that are inspiring you, you feel just a lot better mentally and emotionally because it's sort of, getting your gears going and keeping you motivated and keeping you excited because inspiration is tied to motivation it's tied to excitement and for your mental and emotional health identifying those things that feel inspiring to you and integrating them more into your life is a great way to add more excitement to your life at the end of the day and last but not least is in what ways did you take good care of yourself this week and on the other end of that, in what ways could you take better care of yourself? 
So with the whole theme of this episode being ways to take better care of myself in 2024, I think a general prompt that goes without saying, you have to ask yourself in what ways, you know, am I taking good care of myself right now, this week, this month, whatever. And in what ways could I improve? You know, maybe you, after listening to this episode, you're like, okay, I think I have been doing a good job of tidying up every night before bed. I have a really good routine with closing up the kitchen and straightening up the living room and my bedroom before I go to bed, but I could do a lot better about, you know, really being intentional with celebrating myself and my wins, or I feel like I could be a lot better about not settling in my life and really being intentional and setting boundaries so that I don't settle. And it could be something more complex like that, or it could be something as simple as I remembered to floss every day this week. And that was a great way you took care of yourself or in what ways could you take better care of yourself? You could say, I could actually follow through with and do my skincare routine every morning. Cause I know some days we don't, I'm personally really good about doing it. That's not really one for me, but I know I have friends and I have had times in my life, especially during college where I was very lazy with my skincare routine. And if I didn't feel like doing it in the morning, I wouldn't freaking do it. But now I'm at a point where it's like, no, I, I am doing it no matter what, but maybe that's a way that you could take better care of yourself. But identifying those things just really helps because if you can identify those points of action and it's like, okay, all I need to do to take better care of myself is this, this, and this, or I'm already doing a good job of doing these things, but what's one more thing I could do to make myself feel even better? Really at the end of the day, it's taking better care of yourself. And when you take better care of yourself, you're going to feel better about yourself. And it's kind of just this chain reaction where taking care, better care of yourself, you'll feel better about yourself, have more confidence, You'll more than likely have, you know, better days. Obviously not every day is going to be a great day, but you'll probably have better days if you're feeling better because you're going to feel more motivated and you'll feel more inspired and you'll feel more excited. So I think taking better, taking better care of yourself is important and it's something that you can really get into the nitty gritty and be intentional about and like break it down into ways that you can do better about it. But those were just the five ways that I'm like really focusing on it in 2024 or that I plan to and then I just really liked these journal prompts for me personally but I wanted to share them with you all to hopefully get you inspired and get you brainstorming some ways that you can take better care of yourself and ultimately doing these journal prompts is an act of taking better care of yourself so I hope you all take some time to do them because really only will take like five minutes so I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a review because it helps the show out a lot if you, you know, are enjoying the episode, episodes, I guess I should say, enjoying the podcast. And if you want more content from me, I am uploading twice a week on YouTube now on Sundays and Wednesdays is the kind of schedule that I plan for. But, you know, I may switch up if I have brand deals I have to go up on certain days or anything like that and follow me on my personal social media as well my instagram is always in the show notes and follow in bloom podcast on instagram as well so you can always stay up to date with all things in bloom podcast but thank you all so much for listening i'll talk to y'all next monday